Well, hello. This is a uh, podcast uh, this uh, afternoon uh, from the Washington Association of Sheriffs and Police Chiefs. My name is Steve Strand. I'm your executive director. If you've joined us for podcasts before, you know that this is all about providing information for our member chiefs and sheriffs and other folks that are interested in this. We have a fascinating topic uh, to talk about uh, for this podcast, and that is uh, mental health field response, how it's working, what's going well, what the future is. And uh, the purpose of doing, we're going to try to do several of these, is to just provide good information for our chiefs and sheriffs, especially those who are either uh, improving those uh, programs that they already have, uh, are looking at potentially starting a program, uh, and of course, mental health field response is a grant program that we um, offer at the uh, at WASPIC, uh, and we have more coming with uh, LEAD, and again, lots of information out there. Our guests today are two folks who uh, have been at the center of this and have built, a, I think, a really uh, good and successful program uh, that we have a lot to learn uh, from, and that is in Olympia, Washington. Our guests, uh, first of all, are uh, the Outreach Services Coordinator for the city of, uh, for the Olympia Police, Olympia Police Department, Ann Larson. Welcome, Ann. Thanks. <clears throat> I'm going to cough now. And then uh, we also have Sergeant Amy King from Olympia PD. Sergeant. Hi. Um, so uh, can one of you or both of you, if you want, um, just... Um, Talk a little bit about the the status of issues related to, you know, sort of the, the folks that we're dealing with in Olympia, and then what the program looks like here at OPD. Sure. Um, so this is Anne. Um, last summer, uh, there were a group of us sitting around the table, a lot of city staff and um, folks from the PD, and we were trying to think about what would be some lasting solutions for some of our most visible and highest utilizers of services in downtown Olympia. So downtown Olympia has, um, what would you say, Sergeant King, 10 block core. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we have a downtown walking patrol and so they come in contact with individuals uh, a lot. And so what could we do to make a lasting impact with our highest utilizers in downtown Olympia? And so it was determined that we needed to create a list generated by city staff, um, downtown ambassadors, um, OPD walking patrol, of those individuals that really have extreme behavioral health issues, but not really high-risk criminal behaviors. Right. And so we came up with a list, um, and um, it was about 20 individuals when we first started out. this program that we are talking about, the Familiar Faces program, is a collaboration between RPD and Catholic Community Services. So we have a really great um, relationship with Catholic Community Services. We partnered with them to provide the peer navigators and um, hired our two first two peer navigators and then um, introduced them, really, with Walking Patrol to their clients. Mm-hmm. Um, our clients did not know they were clients of mm-hmm. <laughs> our program. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it took a few weeks um, for the PD to make contact. Um, it was a lot of, hey, so-and-so, I want you to meet Keith, or I want you to meet Charlie, or I want you to meet Melissa. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we kind of started that relationship um, and building those connections right then and there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if, if I can just interject for a second, yeah. Sergeant. So the, um, you know, you call them familiar faces. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard, you know, frequent flyers, a little more negative terms sometimes. Or, you know, it's basically, and I'm just trying to make sure that we're on the same page. It's individuals that have frequent contact with criminal justice uh, that are a problem for the downtown area or for a specific area and who are sort of cycling in and out of criminal justice system. I'm assuming homelessness 
substance issues. Is that correct? That's correct. And I would just say, when we say a problem for the downtown, mm-hmm. um, they are folks that not, are frequently, not always, mm-hmm. of course there's some criminal activity involved mm-hmm. at times, um, but a lot of times it's not necessarily criminal activity. It's behavior that is um, distressing to mm-hmm. people or mm-hmm. concerning um, or frightening. Um, and, you know, historically in police work, um, we are the people that always respond. Mm-hmm. Um, and there has not been other programs, um, or there have been other programs, but not in a capacity to respond. And so the police response, um, or the police respond. And so, um, yeah, problems, mm-hmm. but not necessarily high crime right. issues. Right. So, um, and I'm going to just ask a slightly different question for you, Sergeant, and that is, as a, a law enforcement officer, I'm sure you get sort of the, the two sides of this issue. And one is we should do more to help folks that are in the situation you just described. And others who say, you know what, we need to, you know, do more and get them off the streets and they need to go to jail. And, you know, in other words, that focus on public safety that you're responsible for. How do you, what do you say to folks who say, you know, these things are social services, it's too, it's too easy, it's, it's you know, they have sort of a negative view of it. Um, in terms of um, reducing the issue that you just talked about, how does this program help? So one of the things that I say often is I'm far more interested in things that last than things that work. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would do air quotes with works uh, to put someone in handcuffs and um, take them to jail. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't last. It's not really the change that the community is looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I think we can all get on the side of we, we want the... The problem, and by the problem, I don't mean the person, but mm-hmm. the the issues that they're struggling with, which we all have issues that we struggle with. We want that to be solved, mm-hmm. and so we can continue to put people in handcuffs and take them to jail and have them released an hour later or the following day and be back in the same situation, or we can look at um, what's actually going to last. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes, just putting someone in jail is frequently really not the lasting change that we're looking for. So mm-hmm. um, that would be my uh, support of mm-hmm. why these programs work is because they're doing things that are actually going to last. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm sort of referring to, and I think we all see this, is it, I think sometimes things get put into a corner and it's mm-hmm. we have to do everything completely one way and it's sort of an extreme, everyone just deserves help and no one should be held responsible. And then the other corner of everyone just needs to go to jail and of course, what works and what's long term, as you mentioned, is is to look at everything and to have those tools available to us. Right. I mean, we talk also a lot, um, or I do, about the you know the idea of um, grace and truth, which I'm not mm-hmm. sure um, the word grace gets used in law enforcement a whole lot. Um, but for me, what that is is you know the compassionate piece. We need that, but we also need the truth. We need boundaries. We need consequences. We need um, expectations, mm-hmm. um, and that's appropriate for us as a community, um, regardless of our place in that community, um, to to be expected to for those things to be expected of us, and for us to expect those things of our um, community members and. But you got to have both. You mm-hmm. can't, you know, if we give all the truth and there's no grace associated, it's really, really painful. Yeah. It's really hurtful and it's not very helpful. Mm-hmm. And if we give nothing but grace um, and compassion, yep. that also is yep. not very nice. I really like that phrase. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that because you're exactly right. That sort of speaks to the balance. Mm-hmm. And one of, this is just my editorial comment, um, one of the frustrations I have when I speak with 
with policymakers and others about this issue is everybody sort of wants to go to one of those two. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned to them some of the most compassionate people I've ever met are law enforcement mm -hmm. officers uh, that are dealing with the issues you're talking about. And, I, and you described very well that sort of grace and truth and that balance. That's a great way to look at it. So can you just, can, can one or both of you walk through, what's a typical um, sort of contact and case and what, is it, you know, what does it look like as time goes on? Well, I, I think I would first say that there's probably nothing typical, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> mm -hmm. but um, certainly we could talk about um, some of the successes, and mm -hmm. I think it's important to um, talk about the spectrum of success and that um, what successes for one client in the program mm -hmm. is going to look vastly different from what success will look like mm -hmm. um, or what we deem as successful for other people. And I'll let Anne talk about... Um, I can jump in, but yeah. you've got a lot more um, memory of details <laughs> than I may have. And I think success is um, fleeting sometimes. I mean, there's setbacks. Um, so we've, we have some clients that um, we make contact with, and it, a, a typical, um, we'll talk about one of our clients, his name's Maya, and he is okay with us using mm -hmm. his real name. Um, <clears throat> so Maya is homeless. He's been homeless um, for 10 years in downtown Olympia. He has no arms. So eight years ago, he was in a train accident. He had passed out on the train tracks. Um, train came through. Actually, Sergeant King was the responding officer on that call. And so, um, and he went home, he has a home um, in Missouri and they just couldn't take care of him. So what is really eye-opening to me is that folks come from a background where a lot of people say, well, where's their family? And a lot of times that's the problem is their family. Mm -hmm. And so um, he comes back to Olympia, he loves Olympia um, and he is um, got a lot of trauma. And I know people kind of get triggered by that word, but he's got no arms, he's mm -hmm. homeless. Um, and he's a heavy user and when he uses, he is a hurricane in downtown Olympia and he is extremely frightening. Um, and so we make contact with him that first morning. Uh, we come across him. He's underneath a, a blanket from Salvation Army. Keith and I, um, can't tell it's him because he's completely covered. It's November. He pops up and starts kicking every garbage can down fourth mm -hmm. Avenue. And I was like, Keith to the pier. I'm like, mm -hmm. there you go. And mm -hmm. so, um, Really, um, you can do only so much when someone's in heavy meth addiction. Mm -hmm. um, you can get them some food, get them some water. They're not going to be successful in shelter. They're not going to be successful in following through with things. Um, and ultimately, we had Maya detained, which is you know the civil detainment process. But what we did and what other programs don't do is we stuck with him. We didn't say, met, brought him to the detainment door, that mm -hmm. shut we walk away, say, mm -hmm. oh, we're done here. Mm -hmm. You got to stick with an individual throughout the whole system. Mm -hmm. It's it's a football game, and you don't keep on tossing the ball. Like, you carry that ball, you're mm -hmm. going to get hit, you go get back up again. And so, um, <clears throat> especially with Jeremiah, I mean, the story could go on for, for days, but I'll give a cliff note version is we got him to treatment. Mm -hmm. He came out. He blew up. Mm -hmm. um, and so we work really closely with our police officers. We work really closely with our service providers. Um, and we had them picked up on a warrant and, um, is the blue light special always the right course of action? No, but mm -hmm. if you need to make a break and have it, you need to have that intervention. Mm -hmm. And that was the intervention that we needed to have. Um, and he, he knew it. 
And you know what? It's that whole truth and grace. Um, we went and visited him at jail all the time. Sergeant King went. I went. And he was just horrified to hear how he treated us. Um, and It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And he, there was a little bit of recognition there. And then as he progressed further and further into his recovery, he was like, he had charged at me. He was a very frightening individual. Um, and he even told, he was on a panel with, with us um, a couple weeks ago, and he said the police would come up, up across me, and I could pick option A, which was to go willingly, willingly, mm-hmm. or option B, which would be to be wrapped. Mm-hmm. And he said, and something inside of me mm-hmm. always picked option B. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and he... Um, and so he's in treatment. He goes to treatment. He gets out of treatment. We still stick with him. We call him. We talk to him. We check in with him. Um, we pick him up for his court dates. And so that's what I think that you you have an individual that's in their late 20s, early 30s that have that's mm-hmm. been homeless for mm-hmm. a long time, mm-hmm. maybe has an eighth grade education, mm-hmm. introduced to meth at 13 by a parent, and we expect yeah. them to have a, a prescribed... Well, within six weeks, he should do this step program (laughs) and be at the other end. This is a guy that can't sleep without a TV on and a light on Mm -hmm. because he's afraid to sleep. Mm -hmm. So in other words, the definition of success has to be a little bit different and you have Mm -hmm. to take the context into account to begin with. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Okay. Okay. And and if people struggle with, you know, I, I've never been addicted to drugs. I've never done drugs of any kind. So I, it's something mm-hmm. that I cannot necessarily relate to in a in a personal way. Um, but I have tried to start an exercise program and eat better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about how many setbacks mm-hmm. and how many times I've had to start over. Um, and not to say that Maya is starting over as often as I'm starting over on eating better, but... Mm-hmm. Um, Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does have right. to have context. Right. So, but, but in the, again, and I'll just kind of draw back a little bit to the, you know, you talk about sort of about the, the personal experience and what is effective for that person. But if you draw back, it is both, you know, it's good for the community. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good for human beings, mm-hmm. but it's also good for public safety because, yes. I mean, again, we're, you know, that whole see the problem, solve the problem. And as you're talking about, you know, he would a person would be arrested or a person would be uh, admitted for a, a an involuntary treatment um you know i i think people's vision of that is okay now something's going to happen and it's all going to change it's the end of the tv show you know it's the end of law and order and here's what happened and we're done and of course the reality of real life is completely different mm-hmm. which is they may be back on the street they may not respond to treatment you know x x amount of time in jail does nothing but it has nothing but a negative effect. So in other words, trying to break that. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know what people respond to? They respond to relationship and connection. Mm-hmm. And that's what this um, program, I think, more than anything does, is it creates those connections and relationships. I think when I sometimes step back and I I look at um, all of the individuals that I'm dealing with, regardless of um, their position in our community, and I look at myself, that's what we all deep down mm-hmm. really want we want to be we want to belong mm-hmm. we want to be connected and um for sure our clients on our familiar faces list um are longing for that and struggling with that mm-hmm. and this program fills that gap mm-hmm. because we don't go away mm-hmm. when things are bad when mm-hmm. they mess up mm-hmm. we're still there 
and it's interesting, again, I keep going back to this dynamic of sort of this polarized in our corners dynamic. I mean, mm -hmm. we're, in a, we're in an environment right now where, you know, law enforcement's being demonized by some. Uh, people who commit crimes are being demonized by some. And how do you begin to try to do the right thing in the middle between those things? And again, using those tools in an effective way mm -hmm. is kind of a challenge for those of us that have to actually do this every day. Um, so your program has been going on for a while. Uh, the Olympia PD program uh, has been funded again uh, for mental health field response by uh, the sheriffs and chiefs, which is state money that we administer, um, which is good. But um, what, you know, one of the things I think that's most instructive for all of us who do this is what, ha what has been a problem? What hasn't worked? Mm -hmm. You know, what do folks who might be thinking about starting one of these up in their community, what, what should they know? Um, so some of the challenges that we've had are working with other systems and processes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we come up with great plans and then run into a roadblock because another system, another process refuses to communicate, refuses to participate. Sort of the conflict of bureaucracies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been really, really difficult. Um, we've also run into, on a very practical note, like... Uh, things cost money like the program costs money it's not that cost it's that um, so-and-so needs their prescription and mm -hmm. it's $12 mm -hmm. um, they need to go to coffee with somebody or get them a cup of coffee um, because that's <clears throat> you know they're, they're up for having a conversation over a cup of coffee or a Mountain Dew or whatever it may be and there's little costs associated with that um, that end up adding into sometimes pretty significant costs mm -hmm. and um, so trying to somehow equip Keith and Melissa with money that doesn't have to come out of their own pocket, and most of the time it does, um, has been definitely a challenge. And we're not really built. I mean, things like grants and government programs right. aren't built for those things. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, anytime government in general, like everything has to be accounted for, mm -hmm. and that's understandable. Mm -hmm. It's just that it has yeah. been a huge challenge okay. in this program. Okay. Um, and then... Uh, People's narratives, um, you know, they don't necessarily have good information. Uh, I'm talking out in the community mm -hmm. or a good context. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes um, perpetuating um, a false mm -hmm. narrative about what's happening um, has been a challenge. Um, and I think there's an ongoing challenge with people who don't do the work, telling people who do the work how to do the work. Um, and that is... A challenge and and I would add on to that just a little bit of um, some trust like I sometimes find myself internally wanting to say please please just trust me mm -hmm. like I am really mm -hmm. um, and these people that I'm working with um, we are doing good work and we are working really hard and um, please please trust us to continue to do that right. this is our job just like when I take my car to the mechanic I, I trust mm -hmm. that the mechanic knows how to mm -hmm. work on cars. Mm -hmm. So, slightly different question. Um, as a sergeant and uh, responsible for people who doing this work, what, how did you find the level of uh, both acceptance and sort of taking on this role and, and how it's viewed by your officers? Well, I think, um, you know, first of all, if you're going to start a program like this, obviously your top leadership needs to be mm -hmm. on board and mm -hmm. supportive. Um, and then I think if you're familiar with, you know, Jim Collins, good to great. Um, it's, you know, we have the bus, um, mm -hmm. we have seats on the bus, mm -hmm. we need to get the seats filled, but we got to have the right people in the right seats. Right. And so 
you know, I was part of the, um, you know, selection process. Um, but of course it's whoever, whatever officers put in. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was some information out within the department of like, this is going to be our focus. I think for sure amongst officers, there was kind of some squinty eyes mm-hmm. like, Hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know about this kind yep. of stuff. Yep. Um, <laughs> and I have been very fortunate to have an incredible group of officers that I supervise, um, I wish they never had to leave this unit, Uh Um, uh, who definitely buy in and Uh believe in it because they've seen it work, Right. but also because uh, as a supervisor, I'm I'm pretty clear about my expectations. I was just going to say, Chief Roberts has been, you know, he's been a a leader in these issues and Mm -hmm. you've had great buy-in from your, from your chief. Um, But the, um, you know, as... You mentioned you have a bike team, mm-hmm. and if a chief or sheriff were looking at this, who either because of of the size of the department or resources, you know, doesn't have that, mm-hmm. um, is it is that critical to this? A bike? Yeah. Oh no, I mean, okay. we're we're either on our bikes or we're on foot, mm-hmm. and it's about half and half. I mean, mm-hmm. we it's kind of like what do we feel like doing today? Do we feel right. like walking or do we feel like being on our oh, bikes? Okay. Yeah. Do you um. I mean, do you think that that the concepts you're talking about would be just as applicable to a, a city of, let's say, 5,000 people as it is to Absolutely. the size of Olympia? So these things are, you, this is doable if, if you want to. Absolutely. I think okay. every agency, if you asked officers of like, what 10 houses do you not uh-huh. want to go to again? What what yeah. apartments do you not want to go to right. again? Mm-hmm. They would tell you because mm-hmm. there's high utilizers, whether it's in oh, Royal yeah. City mm-hmm. or Wenatchee or Olympia. Yeah. And yeah. Um, really just framing it of like, you won't have to go see them. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, and I was, you know, it's kind of a stereotype of stereotype of law enforcement, but it's see the problem, solve the problem. Mm-hmm. This gives you more tools to help solve the problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah this is applicable in any city, any size. Mm-hmm. We just happen to have a downtown, and mm-hmm. so that's where right. ours is focused mm-hmm. um, because that was right for Olympia. Mm-hmm. But if we could expand this to the entire city, right. I'd do it in a heartbeat. I was just going to share that when I was uh, served as chief in Bremerton, we started mental health field response, a little different model than you're doing. But um, there was, I wouldn't say it was cynicism. It was just sort of like, well, what is this from mm-hmm. the officers? And mm-hmm. we had a sergeant that that was placed in charge of it. And uh, it was a relatively short period of time where, I mean, there was total buy-in. This is fantastic. This is exactly what we need. Mm-hmm. And that's been a sort of a recurring theme that we've seen with a lot of different departments. Um, <clears throat> as we start to get uh, to the end of our podcast, the uh, couple questions I had is, um, you know, you mentioned, Sergeant King, that, you know, you'd love to see it expand to other areas of the city. If you were the governor or, you know, in charge of the budget or could do whatever you wanted, when you look at the, in other words, look at law enforcement, look at what we're facing, particularly in terms of mental health, substance abuse, different expectations, um, great scrutiny on deadly force, which mm-hmm. frequently involves mm-hmm. the population we're talking about. Yep. Um, you know, what would this look like? If you could, if you could make things the way you want in 10 years, what would it look like? Um, figuring out how to um, tell the story uh, and communicate. Uh, because I, I really believe if people um, could see what I see every mm-hmm. day and could be um, have my view, um, that would change things tremendously, um, not just in Olympia, but that would have sweeping change 
I think across our state, across our country. Um, so figuring out how to, I, I would do, I don't know, I guess I would get some magic dust and mm-hmm. sprinkle it around and mm-hmm. everyone would um, understand. Um, I would clone Keith and Melissa. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Uh, thousands of times over. Mm-hmm. Um, can, I, can I just interject? In mm-hmm. in seeing the grant applications that we see at WASPIC, and I wasn't a decision maker, we have a panel that does that, but what really struck me was um, the the quality and the reliance and, and sort of what you just said is really great critical people like Anne who are uh, moving, you know, really moving these things forward. In other words, you can't just plug somebody in. You right. have to have really good people yes. doing this job. Yes, okay. I'm Absolutely. sorry to interrupt. No, no worries. Um, and then I think, um, so the question was, how? what would I do if I was in so charge? So I'm hearing you say communication is yes. really, really <laughs> critical. Yeah. So, so again, I what I'm hearing from that is if a chief and sheriff has this program or is thinking about doing that, mm-hmm. don't just plug and play. In other words, you need to be out there talking about this and why it's valuable. Absolutely. And then, you know, I, I'm going to ask you, you talked a little bit about a success story at the beginning of this interview, but um, I think people need to hear about success stories. I mean, communicating that as opposed to this person was picked up, we put them in jail, they were there for three days, now they're back on the street. I mean, everybody acknowledges that is not helpful. Yep. Um, you talked about uh, Maya, the gentleman mm-hmm. you talked about. Um you're, I mean, you're seeing real success stories, and, and communicating those sounds mm-hmm. like that's a critical part of what we need to do. It's critical, and it's okay. it's hard. This is really dynamic work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a day of eight hours, of an eight-hour shift, can the amount of things that can happen mm-hmm. in that time, um, and somehow being able to tell that story with all of the richness of those details, mm-hmm. um, but also doing it in a way that I have time to do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, is mm-hmm. is a challenge, but yeah. I do think that if people could see it, it's almost like we're too busy to talk about the good things we're doing. Right. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. Some, it does sometimes yeah. feel it mm-hmm. does sometimes feel right. like that for sure. Okay. Um, so I've asked the question. I mean, this has been really instructive for me. I think our members will find out a lot about this. What What else do you think folks need to know about this if they want to find out more? Is that something that folks could give you a call and at least talk through this with you if they had officers or deputies who wanted to come and see what it looks like? Mm-hmm. Are you open yeah. to that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. absolutely. We have a um, a weekly meeting um, mm-hmm. with everybody. I think really the relationships that we have with our clients, but all the, also the relationships we have with our partners, like Union Gospel Mission, Inner City Transit. Mm-hmm. Our folks, um, like this morning, Sergeant King had to go down, went down to Inner City Transit to talk to them because one of our clients is trespassed off the bus, just got out of treatment, mm-hmm. needs to be able to ride the bus to go to intensive outpatient. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... She was able to talk to Inner City Transit. Mm-hmm. We're having him write a letter of reflection. Um, mm-hmm. And then he's now allowed to ride the bus again. Mm-hmm. So if we didn't have those kind of relationships, mm-hmm. if we didn't have relationships with Providence, if we didn't have relationships that are built on trust and follow through, it would be really hard yeah. to do this work yeah. because she's in charge of her officers. I'm in charge of my peers. Mm-hmm. But if nobody wants to play with us, mm-hmm. we're not yeah. going to get anything mm-hmm. done. And that's really the way you're, what I'm hearing you say too, is that's how you're building in the accountability. Mm-hmm. In other words, um, I think some people want to label these kind of programs as, well, you're just, you know, you're hugging everybody and you're not holding anybody accountable. To me, it's almost the, it is, it's not almost, it is the opposite mm-hmm. of that. This mm-hmm. is actually how you build accountability with yep. the familiar faces you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That is a tremendous takeaway, certainly for me. And I'm, I'm always learning more about these things, which is why I like, uh, I like talking about them. And along those lines, you know, it is very common for us to 
Um, we t- are texting each other all day long, mm-hmm. um, you know, working on things. But when something comes up, um, whether it comes up for me as the police side of things or it comes up on um, the familiar faces, Keith and Melissa side of things, um, there is a conversation, whether on the phone or via text, of like, hey, let's help me figure out, is this a grace moment? Is this a truth Mm -hmm. moment? Mm -hmm. And what is that going to look like? Mm -hmm. And how are we all going to be on board Mm -hmm. and be supportive of that so Mm -hmm. that we can get them, this person, to the next step where they need to be? Right. Gotcha. Um, So, again, uh, I just wanted to thank you both for your time today. Thank you both for what you do. Um, I don't know that folks who do what you do get thanked enough uh, for what you do. And and as we deal with really, really difficult issues that take... um, resilience and uh, persistence and you know everybody wants everything to be solved in 20 minutes and it's not going to happen and and taking these things on is really important so thank you for what you do thank you for spending your time to share some information with our members and again if anyone has questions uh, comments anything uh, additional information you can contact us at WASPIC and we will be happy to put you in contact with Sergeant King and uh, Ann Larson so again thank you both for joining us thank you thanks and uh, thanks everybody for joining us have a good day